Hi everyone, it's Stephanie Mason from Cutting Through the Noise and today we are doing just that and cutting through the noise and today we have a two very special guests, uh, the co-founders of Unwritten, Rob Auburn and Hayden Brooks. We are talking about the very exciting topic about the indie movement. So thank you both of you for joining today. Thank you, Stephanie. Great to uh, be on Cutting Through the Noise. Yeah, thanks for thank having you. me. No worries. And I'm so excited about this topic. I mean, look, it's been uh, a topic that's been talked about for many, many years in different ways. And uh, I think, um, you know, when we met for the first time, Rob, last year about about this topic, uh, yeah. I was super excited um, to hear all about it and uh, what you guys had created. So do you want to just start by telling me a little bit about the platform and, and what you guys have done? Yeah, sure. Look, I guess, um, you know, Unwritten, what is Unwritten? Um, Unwritten is a business management app and uh, and retail um, system for uh, independent hairdressers. So we essentially enable independent hairdressers to run their business through an app um, that is integrated with product supply, both wholesale and, resale, uh, and, and retail. That's it in a nutshell. I love it. It's very concise and all, like, I love that one-liner. So good. Thank you. Um, okay, and when we talk about, Indies, you know, for those people that don't know what an indie is, what is an indie? I'll I'll jump on this one. So, an an indie, I like to think it's a, a name that um, we've coined, and the industry's really, really in, enjoyed um, identifying as indies. But um, an indie is a mobile hairstylist, a session stylist, someone who rents a chair, um, home salons, basically anyone who's a solo operator in the industry and is essentially self-employed. Um, many of them work in salons and many of them um, contract in salons, but many of them also do multiple things. They could be bridal on the weekend, they could be mobile during the week and they might rent a chair one or two days a week. So it's sort of many and varied types of um, people. And this and, platform yeah, is, we, sorry, go on. Uh, to, you know, when we did our research three years ago, um, we found that the, the vast majority actually worked in more than one sort of mode as we talk about it, you know, so it's a it's definitely a, a flexibility thing from that side around um you know people working multi locations and and in different ways super cool and so and you've launched uh earlier this year correct yeah i mean we sort of had a soft launch i guess um you know we've had people um in the app since really since january um and but we didn't actually get live in the app store until sort of june this year so um, it hasn't actually been that long online, but um, you know, but it's been a it's been a uh, you know a three re three year project that that started in sort of March twenty twenty. It was a COVID born baby. Mm, <laughs> Most successful businesses are born during those times, so that's super exciting. I can't wait to see where it goes. And I guess um, you know why do you think you know because this is something that is obviously very much needed for for the indie hairdresser and now uh you know fr from what i've been hearing you know there's numbers like um 70 of hairdressers are now working you know remotely or renting a chair i mean what have you have you got any updates on those numbers since i heard those numbers a few months ago are they are they more are they <laughs> because i think that it's going in a direction Something that we know is that we're quite confident that over 50% of the industry in Australia is independent. 
And if you were to look at the US as a lead indicator for what happens in Australia, which is rings pretty true for most industries, in the US, it's certainly approaching 80%. It's very hard to get exact numbers on things. We did a lot of research in the early days and we did a um, survey that we collabed with the AHC three years ago. And then they did a follow-up survey and we had over 600 independent hairdressers respond to a pretty extensive questionnaire about how they work, how they operate, how they operate their businesses. But um, something that we know that is um, definitely over 50%, statistics have been tossed around that it is upwards of 70% on the East Coast of Australia. Um, I like something else to think about is that a lot of hairdressers, most hairdressers would have a side hustle and a lot of people never leave the industry. Um, they say, you know, once a hairdresser, always a hairdresser. So even people who are employed full time and still do a bit of work on the weekend here and there, a lot of them could be considered as independent because they still carry on in independent work outside of their normal employment. Very true. But it's a growing market. We're absolutely certain of that. Um, mm. There's no question that it's harder and harder to hang on to staff and with the technology and resources that are available today, um, the flexibility is there that gives people the opportunity to really go and um, become independent. It's, it's becoming an e- easier and easier to do um, for an individual. Yeah, look, I had a – actually, earlier this year, I did a podcast with um, – which, if you haven't listened to – um, go and have a listen to with Barry Stevens, the CEO at the Fellowship, and he did. He mentioned as well the numbers were looking like seventy percent in the UK. So interesting, um, interesting times. And so you know why why um, why indies why why have indies sort of been born? Do you think? Well, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a really interesting question, and and I think a lot of people are, have sort of asked us why why we've you know sort of um, I guess one way hitched our wagon to this sort of indie movement. But I think if you look, um, you know, I guess at the professional hairdressing industry as a whole, um, you know, and, and this is both on the technology side, it's on the product supply side, it's on it's on the entire structure of the of the professional hairdressing industry is that really, you know, salons um, employed, you know, pe- people employed in salons has been um, the, the, the dominant structure for many years um, and product supply, into those salons is built around, um, you know, people heavy um, sales frameworks and education frameworks, people in cars on the road visiting salons. And then of course, for anyone that was, um, you know, even a small salon operator or an individual operator, um, you know, they were sort of forced to go to, um, I guess the sort of cash and carry wholesale type environment in order to buy their products. And so even product pricing for professional products has this sort of multi-tier approach um, in order to, you know, have, someone in the middle hold the stock um, and for, uh, you know, an independent hairdresser to go and buy, you know, two tubes of colour, a developer and and a couple of retail products. So, you know, the entire industry has been structured around that sort of framework for so long. And so many independent hairdressers um, that wanted this sort of freedom and flexibility that didn't want to work for someone um, and wanted to work in a different way, um, there was not really any businesses that was sort of supportive of that, that framework in a way. Um, and I guess for us, you know, technology has um, been able to um, not only um, enable independent hairdressers or, or hairdressers um, to um, build clientele, like through Instagram, whatever whatever it might be, compared to, let's say, 15 years ago. Um, but now, of course, um, technology can do a lot of other things from mobile payments and all these types of things that really weren't a thing 10 or 15 years ago. And and I think then if you look at technology companies, um, you know, most of the technology companies out there um, build their product 
um, for subscription revenues. Um, and of course, the most money that they can make is a big salon. So they've directed it, of course, because this is a revenue model and it's an expensive business to develop software. Um, and so there's not really been anything specifically done for an independent hairdresser, um, even though there's, of course, um, you know, software businesses that that certainly do cater to that, but they, you know, that's not their only thing. And then there's software that, you know, is built for gyms and spas and restaurants and all these other things, not specifically for an independent hairdresser. So when Hayden and I went into this, we said, well, we're just going to be really, really sticky on a, on a very tight vertical market, which is we only want independent hairdressers and we're only going to have hairdressers. So solo operator hairdressers, that's what we do. Um, and we want to do that really, really well. That's very cool. Um, and I guess, you know, that's, it, it's it's not something that's new. You know, the, the independent hairdresser has been around and, you know, as you were saying, Hayden, you know, people in between jobs or, you know, they're retired and, you know, that, that's been around for a long time. Why, why why do you think this has taken so long to to come to fruition? Look, I guess there was, there's probably been a long time where independent hairdressers have been viewed as second-class citizens in the industry. And as Rob mentioned, you know, with platforms like Instagram now, um, the independent hairdressers are becoming the rock stars of the industry. Um, yeah. Brands used to build their reputation off the back of salons, and now they're building the reputation off individual hairdressers. So, and and like everybody knows, when a hairdresser leaves a salon, so too their clients go with them. Um, so the power of the individual and the platform that these social media platforms have given independent hairdressers has given the individuals a lot of power that they once never never had before. Um, I think it's been a real evolution in the industry that's that's meant that um, you know ind- individuals can be much more independent and much more powerful in their own right running their own business. So I guess the question I'm sure that everyone's wanting to ask, burning question, what does the future salon look like? Yeah, well, look, that's a really, it's, it's, it's an interesting question, but I think, you know, the, the, the most important thing I always view this right is the commercial market will decide. And, you know, if you, if you look um, even 10 years ago, you know, and there was a lot of, like Hayden was saying, there's a lot of discussion around backyard operators and these types of things, right? Our business is professional independent hairdressers. Now, um, I think this this idea about, um, you know, staffing a salon today is extremely difficult, extremely difficult. And it's not just in Australia, it's globally. I'm currently in Germany. It's the same issue here. Um, yeah. And um, yes, since COVID, Many, many people have left the salon environment for a number of different reasons, not many because they lost their jobs um, and then others because COVID um, had an impact on many of us um, that um, was very um, broad and far reaching. And a lot of it had to do with lifestyle, flexibility, want to spend more time with family and friends, don't want to work Saturdays want to be in control of my own domain. A lot of these things came together, um, how people want to dress, how they how they want to communicate. I mean, look at us now, uh, look how widespread, um, you know, meetings, you know, um, are online. And so there's been really lasting impact there, I think, um, that has fundamentally changed the way we work. And of course, yes, hairdressers still need to be with their customer in order to, to do their, their work. But um, I think um, fundamentally the the mindset of people has changed um, since that as well. And so your question about what's the future for salons? Well, not everyone wants to get their hair cut at someone's house. Not everyone wants their hairdresser to come to their house. Um, There will always be a market, but 
who decides that? It's the customer. It's the customer's wallet. Where does the customer want to go? Do they like the fact that they go into a busy salon? Many of them do. And so, you know, and it's no different to a restaurant. You know, some people like a big fancy restaurant with tablecloths and other people like a really low-key restaurant with no tablecloths and, and plastic cutlery. You know, like there's something for everyone. And I, I really feel that um, at the end of the day, it is not really for us to decide. It's where people spend their money that will determine that. And I think if you look at that as well is there's probably a lot of people that have gone to independent and some people that love it and will never go go back to a, a, that sort of salary environment and others that are just like, you know what, I just don't want the pressure. I don't want to have to do my own books. I don't want that stuff. And they'll go back to a salon, you know. And let's also be very honest in that um, there's been a lot of really crappy managers in, in salons. Um, the amount of people we hear that have had harrowing experiences with really terrible employees is also a factor. And I'm not saying that is the only factor, but all of these things put together have created a wave. Um, but I, I, I'm a real firm believer that it will, you know, there will be an equilibrium there at some point um, because not every hairdresser wants to do their own thing um, and vice versa. And I think um, we need to let the market decide that. Obviously, the pendulum swings in many cases around. Um, but Yeah, I, think- I mean, look, it, it, it's so true in the sense that people have their own preferences. I mean, I was literally having this conversation about gyms the other day uh, with a friend of mm. mine saying, you know, I said, you know, I'd love to have a little Pilates studio at my house. And she said, why would you want to do that? Wouldn't you want to go to the gym and be social? And I said, not really, because I just want to get my workout done. That's yep. my preference. But it's the same thing with hair, hair, hair salons. You know, some people yeah. want to go to a busy hair salon and have a social experience. And yep. it is a social experience and you, you know, that you become friends with your clients and it becomes, you know, more than just going to get your hair cut. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time that a lot of hairdressers think of themselves as psychologists, mm. you know, so yeah. it, it can also be an emotional reason why they go to the, the salon. So, you know, I, I think, you know, in, in what you're saying, it's, it's so true, you know, having this, um, Really, it is about what the customer wants, and this is where people a lot a lot of times businesses lose sight of that. It's the the customer who is making the decision on what should really, yep. um, you know, be there for for the for the end end client. And maybe that is a lesson that we need to be asking more questions to the end customer. You know, mm. what is it yeah, that you look, want? Yeah, that's for sure. Um, definitely something that we're seeing is there's definitely growth of infrastructure in the market that is supporting independent hairdressers. Um, we're here for starters. Um, that's a massive amount of support for independent hairdressers, but also like salon suites are starting to pop up. They're really, really dominant in the US and comprise a really big part of the market there. And there's different formats, whether it's a, a lock and go type of environment or, or a more concierge environment, like a salon lane type of setup. So there's a there's a, a number of these sorts of operations um, coming to Australia. Um, I think Phoenix Suites might even be in Australia now, which is one of the larger salon suite operators out of the US. Um, but um, there's Freedom Suites up in Brizzy. Um, and there's I think there's another Salon Suites, which has opened up as well, which has a number of locations opening and co-working spaces popping up everywhere. And you, you can see from a salon owner's point of view, if you really want to hedge your risk in your business, having a number of employees and the ha- then having a few chairs to rent in there to plug a hole, it's a very, very smart business model um, where you can actually get the best of both worlds um, and um, and manage some of the risk on the down days. I'm sure there's a lot of hairdressers listening to this right now um, or hair salon owners that maybe um, 
wouldn't know where to start with that. I mean, do you guys have any insight on how they could start by, you know, turning their model into a mixed model? Or is there anywhere that we can, that people can go for that information? Yeah, well, there, there is a, there's a lot of discussion going on about that now. And I know um, uh, from speaking with Sandy at the AHC that um, there's a lot of um, discussion also with with tax department and, and the unions about, um, you know, the whole sham contracting sort of um, environments as well. And I think there's there's certainly some, I think in, in the next few months, there will be some more papers around that as well. And there could even be some legislation that come out around that. But I think, um, you know, and I don't want to pretend to be advice on how people should set up their, their business and make sure that they're compliant. But, um, you know, I think if if you have people that are truly independent um, operating um, by themselves with their own products, their own software, um, and without any um, requirement to turn up, um, at any particular hours, then you're probably reasonably safe there. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the challenges of salon owners and staffing is without without a question, um, a, a very, very big issue. Um, and, um, you know, that alone has not been caused by independent hairdressers. It's been, a, you know, a, it, that, that movement has been part of the equation, I think, um, for the change. And, um, you know, that's that's a staffing is a is a conversation for another day in a in a, in a different um, with a different subject line. So yeah, absolutely, Rob. Look, that is really why we actually started the podcast, cutting through the noise. There is so much change happening in the industry at the moment, and you know, this is as you said, one element um, you know of, of of the change. But so um, it's just so great to have you guys on to to talk about you know, this this element that is, it is a big topic. It really is. Well, I think, you know, the fact that we're sitting here talking about independent hairdressing is probably one of the one of the best things to, to start um, because I think um, there's a lot of people out there as well who um, are new to it or who haven't yet even started that but are really intrigued about how it's possible. And I think, um, you know, when you when you look at what the opportunities are, for an independent hairdresser, um, you know, and when we did our research three years ago, um, I think it was like 86% um, said, well, the, the reason they went independent was from for freedom and flexibility. And so we we know that's just around, you know, working your own hours and, and being your own boss. And I think while it doesn't suit everyone, um, it is it is a great thing to be able to do, um, especially if you want time with family and friends and, and um be, I guess, in control of your own domain. Doesn't mean it's easy, of course. Yeah, absolutely. For anyone who they... is, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, for anyone who is curious about becoming an independent or they're looking for, you know, a community of independent hairdressers to get advice from and to talk to, we have a Facebook group, which is um, for independent hairdressers. I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, it's um, one of the only, I know the AHC has their Facebook group for solo operators as well, but I think our two groups stand alone as the only independent hairdressing groups in the country. Um, but unwritten indies, un, un, unwritten indie hairdressers, Australia is our Facebook group, or you could jump on our unwritten indie um, Instagram page. And there's a link on the link tree in there, but um, yeah, there's a great community of independent hairdressers in there growing fast. And a lot of people are asking a lot of questions of each other from, you know, I know someone the other day, their accountant had retired and they were looking for a new accountant that was good for a solo hairdresser. Um, different sort of advice and feedback from people about how they work or what they sell or what platform they use, all sorts of different things. But it's it's a business group to talk about 
business and life and, you know, what you get up to as an independent hairdresser. So it's a good resource there for indies that are looking for a tribe like themselves. And I think when you look at that, I mean, it was one of those one of those parts, you know, when we set this business up. I mean, if you look at sort of the components in, you know, parts technology where, you know, um, there was nothing that was built specifically for an independent hairdresser. The next thing is product supply. How do we bolt product supply in? Because most independent hairdressers are literally driving to to go and pick up a tube of hair color and and a retail product. By the time they get back, all the margin that they would have made out of it is gone anyway, you know, and then we look at things like community, as Hayden said, um, you know, we wanted to build or we want, we're going to build the largest independent hairdressing community on the planet. And, you know, and I think the other component of that is education. Um, if you look at salon education um, from a business perspective, that is not a not a sort of um, a, a technical perspective. Um, I would say ninety percent of the education is is all centered around how do I how, how do how do I um, you know attract staff? How do I keep them happy and and uh, and build and build the business? Whereas obviously there's none of that to do with with independent hairdressing. So there's a lot of other factors around, you know, how do we get the business set up and then how do you maximise your potential as an independent hairdresser when you've just got one person, you've got to do everything yourself. And I think there's a lot of concerns around that, which is around efficiency and and, um, how do you actually scale or how do you do more than one person can with 24 hours in a day and still have a life? And I think that's sort of... If you look at the freelancer movement in many industries across the world, um, you know, efficiency and um, making the most of your time um, are really, really critical components to, um, I guess, find not not just um, happiness, but also financial success. With um, something that I guess it's interesting, the journey that Rob and I have been through prior to building this business, both of us have been self-employed for 20 plus years and built good businesses. Um, both working extensively with subcontractors and solo traders in in different industries. Rob, obviously, in hairdressing, and I've spent my life um, in building and construction working with subcontractors and also um, financial services and development work. And in developing this app and this whole system, um, applying all of the knowledge and, and smarts that Rob has from the hairdressing industry, we've put our hat on to work out how can we bring the most efficiency to a, to an individual and how can we give them an opportunity to make money when they're not standing behind the chair with scissors in their hand um that and and that's i guess that's where we're really trying to find that freedom and flexibility for people so that you know in an ideal world we're on a mission to help independent hairdressers build a passive income um i think that's sort of one of the real north stars for us is can we help them um become so efficient and work with good technology, leverage their social influence, leverage their skills and their professional recommendation, which is so undervalued by so many people in the industry, um, actually get paid for it. Because if you're an independent hairdresser or any hairdresser standing there, you can tell me how many times you've recommended a product to somebody and you've never, ever seen anything come back from it. Um, it probably makes a lot of people's skin crawl. And, and that's something that we're absolutely determined to do. Um, we do not sell a product to anyone without an independent hairdresser getting a cut. Um, yeah. And it's the secret sources in the technology and the platform. And uh, we won't bore you with the technical details of how it all works and all happens, but we've built it and set it up in such a way that the the capability is there for independent hairdressers to scale their business. And we've seen it happen. Now um, we have hairdressers on there that are um, selling product online through links to people in a state that they've never ever met because they've done a tutorial on Instagram 
shown them how to use a particular product, published a story and cha-ching, you know, they sell $160 worth of product to someone who just saw their professional recommendation online using it in a little 20-second tutorial and and they're getting paid for it. And they haven't had to pick, pack, skip, store, purchase or do any of the administration around it. So cool. And so if I'm an indie hairdresser, how do I sign up? Pro.unwritten.hair. Pro.unwritten.hair. That's it. You can head to the the app stores. Go to the Apple Store. Yeah. The Apple Apple Store store and Google Google Play Store. Okay, good. Excellent. Well, um, if if I was an indie hairdresser, I'd be jumping on straight away. Very, very exciting. So, um, look, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, I'm sure so many people, whether it be a hairdresser, salon owner, um, will get so much out of this. Uh, and, you know, um, if anyone is listening and you want to hear more, um, you can go to the uh, Instagram as well at unwritten.hair. And, um, you know, if you want any further information, send them a DM. Or if there's any other, um, uh, if you do want to join up, head to the uh, Apple Store um, or the Google Store and uh, type in Unwritten Hair. Thank you so much for joining us. Just quickly, our Instagram for professional, for hairdressers, is unwritten.indie. Unwritten.hair is consumer. Great stuff on there too, but unwritten.indie for the pros. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much okay. for coming on today. No, we appreciate it. Any last words you want to say? Uh, look, I think, um, Steph, uh, I'll, 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 I'll maybe Hayden will jump in as well. You know, I think um, having the discussion um, and um, raising the profile of independent hairdressing in Australia as a true um, professional business um, is really, you know, part of the the what we want to do. And, um, we're here to help independent hairdressers write a better tomorrow, and we do that through a number of avenues. But um, the the first one is the conversation, um, and uh, and that's we're sort of thank you for helping us to to get that word out today. Yeah, I, look, I just wanted to say thanks thanks for having us. And um, as Rob said, you know we're building a community here. That's ultimately there's power in numbers in the independent community, and the more the merrier. Um, success for us is seeing independent hairdressers be successful um that's that's how it's going to work so please come and join the community come on the journey with us it's going to be exciting um there's lots of momentum there and lots of people and lots of interest so come and join us and and i think you know thanks to thanks to um you know you, you guys as well at, at show pony and, and the other partner brands um because we've had immense support from partner brands and it's sort of um, it's been really interesting, and I won't labour on this point, but to have um, professional brands that were have been seen, you know, in the past as competitors, but that are all jumping in to actually find a new way to, um, you know, to, to service independent hairdressers that is low friction. And I think that's that's great that you guys, you know, from that show pony jumped on board really early with us on that, along with the other partner brands, and, and it's great for us to be in that environment where, where we everyone's. You know, in it together, it's a level playing field, and and um and uh, yeah, it's just there for the benefit of the, of the hairdressers. Yeah, I think now more than ever, it's a time where we all have to work together to, you know, to navigate the change. It's um it's a fast changing time, and you have to you know yeah be willing to to move with the times, and otherwise you know, in my opinion, you get left behind. Great well, guys, thank, well, you, thank so you so much. much.
super so congratulations really it's um super super exciting and i can't wait to to watch your journey and um i'll be staying staying tuned so thank you so much um rob and hayden Thanks. today and um thank you everyone for listening to cutting through the noise stay tuned for more exciting episodes and we'll see you soon thank you thank you